Welcome to the first episode of the Love City Gaming Podcast. This is S. Rivs and... Miyoshi. And we're just here to kind of go off the pocket. Is that the right? Just off the rails. Yeah, just off the rails talking about a hot topic we've been seeing a lot of people discuss on Twitter, Twitch, and various social media outlets in the streaming community. And we figured we would share each other's thoughts on some of these issues we've been seeing. And we'd also like to open up the discussion to all of our listeners. If you're listening to this right now, feel free to leave a comment and let us know what you think on this matter. So, Neil, what are we going to talk about today? So, today we're talking about the Twitch Safety Council. Okay. And it seems like this is a way for Twitch to connect more with the people who actually make content on their platform. Right. I'm not against that at all. No, yeah, that, that's it's, great. It's something that they've really needed to do, and they've tried many ways to try and bridge the gap between um, the creators and the, I guess you could say, the corporation itself. Because, yeah. Because Twitch is a corporation. Yeah. First and foremost. Oh well, it's owned by Amazon, as we know, and yeah. it looks like they have enlisted a team of eight creators. And they've enlisted them onto their safety advisory council. Now, it's great that they've done this, but one thing that a lot of people are talking about is there is one new member of this advisory council that's getting a lot of attention. Wait, at first, I think you should explain what the goal of the safety advisory okay. council is. Okay. I think that's just set set up what okay. the goal is, uh, of this this fair enough. Thing fair is. enough. Yeah. Okay, so. I'm going to just read exactly what Twitch said in regards to the, like, when they announced this program, what they said on Twitter. <laughs> so they, they wrote, we're taking a big step forward for community safety. Meet the new Twitch Safety Advisory Council, made up of Twitch creators and online safety experts. The council will advise us on policy updates, new products, healthy streaming habits, and more. Now, what... Okay, okay, so we have the article open in front of me. This is the blog post from Twitch. So, keeping our community safe and healthy is a top priority for Twitch. Today, we're excited to announce the formation of the Twitch Safety Advisory Council, which will support the growth of our community moving forward. The Safety Advisory Council will inform and guide decisions made at Twitch by contributing their experience, expertise, and belief in Twitch's mission of empowering communities to create together. The council will advise on a number of topics, including drafting new poli policies and policy updates, developing products and features to improve safety and moderation, promoting healthy streaming and work-life balance habits, protecting the interests of marginalized groups, and identifying emerging emerging trends that could impact the Twitch experience. So I think that this this council is a long time coming. I'm really glad that Twitch has finally listened to the cries of their people, if, as mundane as that sounds. So but, yeah. part of me is worried that this is just to like like satiate the Twitch community, like the people who who well, are community members. For starters, Twitch. there's no way that eight people. Are going to be able to govern to the, be the entire like, to be the voice safety of Twitch. Of Twitch. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's my first initial reaction. I I am disappointed by the size of this council. I'm I'm just 
I, I noticed that there's a lot of diversity. Twitch might have good intentions behind this, but I also know that there's, I mean, there's always going to be an ulterior, ulterior, ulterior motive. Ulterior motive, yes. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, I think my main concern with it is is the people who are involved. It doesn't bother me that they're diverse. What I what I want to see is that they have the interest of not only the group that they represent in mind, but the group, but the community as a whole. Exactly. And that's I think is most important. Right. Um, they need to be. They need to not. Am I? Yeah. Am I happy to see the transgender population represented in this council? Absolutely. Am I happy to see people of color represented in this council wholeheartedly? And that's necessary. It's, it's necessary. so necessary. Yeah. But for eight people to put like to put this on eight people's shoulders, that's a. I I I I I tip my hat to these people because I think that these people are writing a brand new constitution. For this safety council, I don't think I don't doubt their capabilities whatsoever. I think that they very carefully picked these people. Now, one member of this new safety council is under a lot of scrutiny, and it's I I was actually able to catch her stream while she was under the scrutiny. Her Twitch clips were being posted all over Twitter while she was still live. She made a lot of kind of interesting points like i understood where she was coming from on a lot of them she one of her big points was that should we her big talking point was should voice comms be a part of commun of competitive well, gaming her, which po they, her position was that she felt minorities are put in a position of like she she had she had the idea the opinion that she that that Minorities are being subjected, subjected to bad experiences simply because of their gen like you've seen yeah, right. the Valorant clips, right? Oh yeah, yeah, they're, and they're they're far and wide. I think I but her her point came to the conclusion where she said it doesn't it. She wanted to level the playing field for all groups, right? That that's where she was coming from, but I feel as though when she expressed her opinion she was clipped out of context she was definitely clipped out of, uh, definitely <laughs> clipped out of context but she all she was also stating the fact that she didn't think voice chat should exist because it provided a disadvantage for people who weren't in a competitive space who weren't represented well enough right, right. that was her that was her idea but the reality of voice chat is it it's for competitive games it's kind of necessary right from and from my understanding of her content, I checked out some of her vods. She doesn't stream a lot of shooters or competitive games, so I mean, it seems like she didn't really come from a standpoint of experience. She just kind of was talking off of what she's been seeing on Twitter, and that's understandable. Like, there, it's an issue that needs to be discussed. Um, and I think that, but here's the thing: if we if we got rid of game communications, like we're admitting to our defeat, why not just change the culture? It's and that's that's actually a hard process too, because changing changing gaming culture like that is a very long and. But just make harder hard. consequences, like so. Valorant's a free game, and the only way to get it is simply by watching streams, and. I don't know. I feel like it's letting a lot of toxic people into the community. Um, 
Yeah, and that's that's just part of like the way they're doing their marketing. But right with Valorant, though, it people have encountered a lot of toxic behavior, and that's definitely for certain. But on top of that, I feel like as though all games, like like yeah. most games that have games voice that have chat been around long before yeah. Valorant, long before Valorant, have experienced pe- like people of all kinds just being toxic as hell in and voice chat. Of- and that becomes part of the culture of the games. Like, oh, for sure. Like, for for instance, I can name on one hand how many people I know that stopped playing Overwatch because of the toxicity of the community. But, but then I can also name people, including myself, who love playing games like Call of Duty because the toxicity of the party lobby entertains you fuels me it fuels <laughs> me it gives me something to you know it just I don't it drives know. you but there's something like i don't know the, here's everyone the thing you, was you, inter- like everyone has been familiar with different levels of toxicity in gaming communities and i feel like one toxic gaming community will become contagious to another like think about siege community yeah. and CS:GO community like those tend to overlap and they are both very very toxic. Yeah, um no, you're right, but I think what the problem with Ferocious Steps argument is is that competitive communication when you're when you're in a game that requires communication it's it's not like you can just take away that aspect of it and make the game better. It's not no. going to make the game better. It's not better. going to. It will only make the game more difficult. Yeah, and you, you kind of, like, I find, I like, as someone who's been playing a lot of Valorant lately with people who do communicate. Yeah, you've been playing this, more than me. It's so. this, it's, it's like, it's an assess, it's an accessory? No. It's, it's an, a necessity. It's an, oh my it's God. It's a requirement. It's, it's, it's needed to play the game efficiently. And that goes for any community, uh, any uh, competitive, competitive game. Competitive game. Overwatch, Call of Duty, Apex. It goes for a lot of them. And like I said, ferociously stuff. I can tell from the content that I've seen from her, she doesn't play a lot of competitive shooter games. And I understand her concern and her position because I, I do, I, I agree with her that, you know, voice to- chats to- toxicity are, is, is a problem. But, but like for people like me and people like ferociously Steph who identify as female, when we turn our microphones on, as soon as we say anything, there's always going to be someone that's going to point out the fact that we're a f- there, we're a woman and we should, you know, like there's then, always, they're yeah, going to be the becomes, ones that, that say, go back to the kitchen, make me a sandwich. I get those all the time. Or, oh my gosh, is that a George Foreman gamer grill? And like, it's all like, those are harmless. And as long as they don't go further than that, it's one thing. But then there's the kinds that will literally harass you until you defuse the bomb or until you whatever. I mean, I guess, like, I don't know. I just feel like girls are given a lot of crap, and I understand where ferociously stuff is coming from, but I think the bigger issue are pe- that people are having with her is, uh, should we go here? I think we all know the bigger issue people are having with her. It's not about her criticism of come chat. You, it's about her behavior the- on stream. I think she, she she seems to be flaunting her newfound power on Twitch 
that 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 has been a thing. She has taunted her chat with like, "Oh, I'm unbannable because I am now on oh, the Twitch safety camera." Oh, she said that. Oh. Oh yeah, snap. that was definitely a that oh, was that's definitely a, big, a clip. That's a big oof. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, it's it's kind of a problem because I want a a council. I always like want to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Sure, but I, I would like a council to be someone who we can unbiased. Unbiased, and they represent the the voice of Twitch. Like they're, they're supposed to the be the majority. There to, they're supposed to represent the pe the people. Not who stream. not specifically, yeah. not specifically the furries. Not specifically no. transgender. <laughs> not specifically anyone. And I think that is where we're go like going back to what we were talking about early on about how they really like cherry picked these people because yeah. like there's a I can talk I can mention a lot of I mean I don't like to you know I know that there's a lot of like cis white men that could probably fit into the council pretty well I know. I don't know. I just feel like a lot of these people were cherry picked. Not saying that I'm discrediting anyone who was picked. I'm sure that they were picked for really good reasons. And I'm really sorry that I haven't taken the opportunity to check out the rest of their content. But unfortunately, poor ferociously Steph has been singled out. Um, and I'm really, and I'm really sorry about she's that. She's only been singled out because of because of her, her demographic and her. Well, she's she's been saying a lot of things that have have been controversial. She has, but what really put her on the radar was her behavior on stream, not Exa what yeah. she was talking about. And we can all talk about her deergasms and her, you know. Sure. Yeah. And so if that, but here's the thing, if. My friends can't show some underboob on stream. Why can a furry have an orgasm on stream? That's just what I want to know. I mean, that's definitely a problem for sure. I would like to know. <laughs> I would like to. Well, I I want. I think I think my concern of ferociously Steph comes from the fact that she has no she has no control over her. She doesn't realize that her behavior also should have consequences. She shouldn't be able to, like, like flaunt the fact that she's unbannable, and she shouldn't be able to flaunt the fact that she can push policies that no. don't represent the majority of the streamers. No. Like, literally minutes after the announcement of the advisory council, people were adding Twitch support and posting clips of her stream. That's how I found her. Yeah. I went into her stream and I was like, oh my gosh, she's still wearing the same outfit from these clips. Like, she's mm. live while people are sabotaging her. And I understand the, like, that's never a position that any streamer wants to be in. Um, and I, my heart goes out to her. I really, I, I see the good in her. I think she, like, I think that she only wants to see gaming communities have like accessibility and acceptability for all but i think that her hopes are just a little too far-fetched I, I think she needs she needs to demonstrate that though yeah no i agree and um she will i mean i feel like anyone that's put in a position of power sometimes oversteps or it's just like i'm willing to, i'm willing to give her the benefit of the doubt I, i'm always willing to give anyone the benefit yeah. of the doubt like especially when you get added by keemstar I'm automatically going to assume that you're being wrongfully attacked. So, <laughs> oh, for sure. I'm just going to throw that out there. But I think 
one of one of the things one of the things about her opinions are that But she was saying like anyone that lashed out at me, anyone that said mean stuff like you should be afraid of me, I'm going to get you banned, I'm I'm untouchable, like that kind of stuff. Um I wouldn't want to see it from a Twitch partner or any other representative of Twitch and to see it from a Twitch staff member is very disconcerting. It's a little disconcerting. Especially this is a platform that we, like, dwell yeah, on. Yeah, like, okay, so you just highlighted a quote from her. She says, I'm not going anywhere. I have power. They can't take it away from me. That's bold. Um, and honestly, there's some people that should be afraid of me, and they are afraid because I represent moderation and I d diversity, and I'm going to come for harmful people. If you are a really shitty person, I'm going to stand up against you. I mean, I... I I, I appreciate her for taking a stand I, I don't, against I don't that. disagree with what she's saying, but I'm worried but, that what, what's it, what is her definition of the harmful and, and pe people? Because some people go out go out there for like um like your keem like not like your keem stars, but like like your the people who Kotaku? Who, <laughs> Kotaku, the, the gaming Well journalism? they they talk about streamers a lot. Oh they do, yeah, for sure. I'm talking about the people that go out there for shock value, right? The the like the Howard Stearns of the Twitch. bad bunnies. Yeah, exactly. So like, where 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 are the lines going to be drawn, and where are these streamers? Wh where are the lines that streamers need to cross for her to be saying you're not a you're you're one of the harmful people? Right. Like, what is the boundaries? What are what yeah, are exactly. the boundaries? Yeah. And that's one of the the conversations that we've been having as. Twitch, as the Twitch community, because there, yeah. we've talked about like Alinity and her treatment of her well, animals, and all Twitch did was they outlined a more descriptive terms and conditions for like body painters. Basically, that's really? all they did. They said if you show under boob, if you show, um, there is a body painter that I do follow. No, I, sh I follow a lot of body painters, and they all do good work, and I don't think that they should be discriminated against on this no, platform. No, I don't think so either, because there's nothing but, explicit about it. Explicit but about it. there's a lot of body painters that are still being banned while, like, okay, so basically the new rules are you can't show, you can't show under boob, you can't show, like, just, like, just practice common sense, but um, under boob is basically, like, the new, like, outline. That's the rule. Under boob is the rule. Because, well, remember that girl that was, like, dancing around on stream without a bra, and she had, like, double Ds? Happy. Um, She's banned, so I'm not going to say her name. Oh, okay. Um, I'm sh I'm, I believe you. I don't... I don't not she was all over Twitter, like, uh, like, shortly before you and I met. Okay. That's not that's not a that's not a streamer I'm familiar with. No, but I mean, I guess I I only got you like more into streamer Twitter recently. It's true, yeah. But um, she got banned again recently because she's always pushing the boundaries. And it's like it's one thing to like take a stand on things and like you know push the agenda, but to blatantly break the rules and expect Twitch to cut you a break that's kind of an insult to other creators that have been given much worse punishments for things that were not as bad as what you did. Yeah, no, it's not a it's not a bad statement to make. And I feel like I feel as though if those people are being punished, the pe the, the underboob people, I feel like the people who are actually being toxic like being either racist or just again and 
just in general really toxic people, and I think you know what that encompasses, then that should be that should be punished, right? If you're either abusing minority, if you're talking no, bad like about when minorities, people, or, yeah, it's or, like or when people abusing animals, yeah. like that, that they should all be treated with serious implications because that's right. not acceptable. No, and it's it's what really disgusts me is the fact that like Twitch partners, they'll turn a blind eye on them because they ba- they make the website money. So yeah. like. I'm not going to name any names, but, like, certain Twitch partners can flash a hoo-ha or flash a nip or flash whatever they want on stream. They'll get a 24-hour ban, a 36-hour ban, whatever. Pretty much a slap on the wrist. Right. Yeah. But I have friends that have been punished much, much worse. And it's just, like, it's, like, where do we draw the line? I don't think there is a line. I think that's the most important part that this tw- this Twitch Safety Council sh- needs to address. They need to address where the lines are, and then they need to enforce those lines. Because they can't just set up these guidelines and rules, and, and if they don't enforce them, then there's no point yeah. to this, this It's very this discouraging. Council. Like, me, I'm a Twitch streamer, and when I have... When I report someone that trolls my chat, and I have everyone else report them... I don't get an update on that report. I want to know that that person's account is not on Twitch anymore and that they're not going to bother me because my safety feels threatened. I've watched I've watched your stream be trolled yeah. and be abused I had someone dox my IP address once after a CSGO match because they were so salty. Yeah, that's not right. That's not no. something you shouldn't have to encounter. And it's despicable. I mean, it's unfortunate that mostly female streamers have to deal with that kind of bullshit um but i don't think that anyone should have to deal with it and um no absolutely not but much like it's one thing for twitch to have to deal with it but let's let's talk about the fact that a lot of these games bring communities with them so when i'm streaming like i'm only using seven days to die as an example i've had nothing but good experiences from with that community but let's say that, like, if I were to stream CSGO tomorrow, because I don't normally stream that, the CSGO community would come out in droves and say, want to play comp with me? And if I said no, they would give me an attitude about it because it's happened before, and that's why I don't stream it anymore. Mm-hmm. That makes me sound, like, sad and salty, but it's just the unfortunate truth because, like, I, I, would, ra- I would love to play anything that I want to on stream, but me as a female I don't have that option because of the communities that some of these games have so before we put the blame on Twitch and the responsibility on Twitch let's 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 backpedal a little bit and reflect on some of these games and the communities that they endorse if that's the right word or sure. like um encourage or like I, I think I'm blanking on the proper term for this but I just feel like there's a lot of gaming communities that kind of turn a blind eye to toxicity um, like and there's games like Call of Duty where you know what you're getting yourself into and anyone that's been playing COD since the early 2000s knows what they're getting themselves into that's the fun of cod well the problem with cod is well not the problem and but, i i shouldn't say that because i feel like i'm making like blanket statements for them. i mean i mean sure you're you may be making blanket statements but with cod it's the problem with cod is is that it is one they of developed the that culture themselves and also 
the sheer numbers that COD pulls in all the time is never going to waver if they change their community. But no, what I'm talking about in general is the just the population that plays Call of Duty. Yeah, it's more massive than any other game on the market. They sell, they 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 break their charts every year. Oh right? yeah. So the problem you're going to find in that case is is Call of Duty is just going to have the numbers game winning. So you're gonna you're gonna run into more toxic people more often. True. Generally, just just on a, yeah. a sheer no, number just because of the culture yeah. of the game. Um, so Call of Duty is probably a bad example, and I feel like maybe Call of Duty is setting the example for other cultures, though. It's possible. The problem is, is there's no moderation in any game. No. And when you don't have that kind but, of moderation, no, no one self moderates either. So you're going to have games that will just let people off the hook. They'll they'll just let them go. They'll let them run rampant. Right. Right. Now, this isn't me plugging, but hashtag Sandstorm partner. One thing that I really, really, really love about being partnered with Insurgency Sandstorm, I'm the first female member of their partner program, but their community manager manager is also a female. Her name is Dara Def. Shout out to her. I love her. I got to hang out with her at PAX East. She's wonderful. She's the community manager, manager of Insurgency Sandstorm, and so she kind of, like, sets the tone and like when someone's acting up like she'll kind of be like hey man like let's just be cool um so i feel like having people like like having community managers and like adding people into the team that will like uh what's the i guess just like bring better chemistry and better like energy to the community i think that that is a good first move like I wish that Call of Duty had more community managers um, I personally love their, being their Twitter account is not covering it what Call of Duty's Twitter account is not covering no it. of course they're they not, not covering the job yeah yeah no but what I love about like indie games like New World Interactive who developed Insurgency Sandstorm is when they created their game the first thing they did was they created a community staff around it to provide people support um their discord is really active there's always people looking for groups it's really impressive so shout out to dara because i don't know how you do that do that i don't know how you do it dude but it's freaking awesome and hats I, off to you i do think that's important for any game to have it, it really is and i think that everyone should take a a, a page out of dara's notes oh for sure um any game that has a staff around it that will support the community that plays it it usually fosters a good community it just shows what where their priorities lie yeah their, exactly yeah like they're not creating the game just for the sales they're creating it because they want to create a community they want to create a game that people will love and will play it and it I don't know. I, I just like love seeing that from indie developers. I think I can especially. I can speak for a lot of games and and uh, communities that when you have communication between the development staff and you have and the community that plays your game, you end up having a more positive experience no yeah. matter what because yeah. you feel like you're heard. And even if those changes aren't made right away that you wish to see, you know that you're in communication with the people who are making the game and the thing that you are yeah. enjoying. No, that's and what that's, I really. No adore. matter what, that's that's constantly a, a huge. Especially this day and age, because it's not something we see very often from games. It's something that a lot of developers overlook. They don't see the value in their communities or the potential. Um, but developing a community and you know re-enhancing it can only do so much for you. 
Yeah, absolutely. I can actually 100% agree with that statement. Yeah. But honestly, anything is better in numbers. That's why Neo and I have teamed up together for Love City Gaming. And uh, the two of us are both streaming on Twitch. You can find me at twitch.tv slash srivs. And you can find Neo at... Neo Ayoshi on Twitch. Neo underscore Ayoshi on Twitter. Oh, my God. Twitch.tv slash Neo Ayoshi. Twitter is Neo underscore Ayoshi. Is that good? Nailed it. You nailed it. (laughs) You seem to be struggling there a little bit, but... We figured we would just touch on these hot topics for you guys for our first episode. We hope you guys enjoyed. Um, you can find us on... We actually don't know. Those platforms. Yeah, all the platforms. Um, Love City Gaming on Twitch. Twitter. And Twitch. Both. Love City Gaming, Twitch, Twitter. We're on YouTube. We'll be on Spotify and Apple Podcasts very, very soon. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next time. Bye.